Good morning, and welcome to the sanctuary of Cornerstone Assemblies of God. I am Pastor Richard T. Wade, and I would like to say thank you for joining us today. I pray the Word of God can speak to you, and the Holy Spirit make it real to you. Now, a pre-recorded message from Cornerstone Assemblies of God. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 7, verse 8. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. The title of this morning's message is, What Do You Expect? And that title is really a form of a question. What do you expect? I'm asking you that question in regards to your attitude, your thought process, your faith. What are you expecting God to do when you pray? When you're studying the Word of God, what are you expecting to receive from Him? When you find yourself in the altar in the presence of God, what are you expecting to receive from Him? I'm going to give you the end of the message before we get there. (laughs) In Acts chapter 3, verse 5, Peter and John are on their way to the temple, and there's a lame man at the gate, beautiful, and he's begging for alms. All day long, for some 40 years, he's been begging day in and day out, and when people walk by, they throw something on his little blanket. Or if you, you know, think of a panhandler who's at the intersection of I-30 and Richmond Road, you know, he's out there with his coffee can, and people throw something in it. Well, in verse 4 of chapter 3, Peter and John looking at him, he says, hey, look at us. They make eye contact, look at us. And so verse 5 is what I want to talk to you about today by way of other scripture. So he gave his attention to them, means he looked at them, and expecting to receive something from them. So see, he looked up at them thinking they were about to throw a dollar or two his way. But what the Lord had for them was so much more. I said, silver and gold have I none, but that in which I have I give unto thee freely. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk in strength coming to his ankles. He stands leaping and praising God and follows them unto the temple. That's the rest of that passage. But I want to talk to you for a second about the what do you expect. Because the beauty of your expectation is you might be expecting one thing, but God has something way bigger and better for you. But the importance is, are you actually expecting to receive something? Or are you just praying for the sake of praying because somebody told you to? Uh, Both of my, well, Cooper's not in here anymore. Catherine's guilty of it too. So this is a Catherine and a Cooper story. I bet you your kids have done this too. How many times have your children asked you a question and then began to run their mouth before they give you an opportunity to answer it? Huh? Still do? Uh-huh. I wish Carter was in here. Amen. Yeah, yeah, you know, still do. Still do. Ask a question and before I can even answer you, you run in your mouth about something else, asking another question, or ask the same question now the third time before I can answer the first time that you asked it because you ain't hushed long enough for me to ask. <laughs> or you asked a question without expecting an answer. 
You know why they asked that question without expecting an answer? Because if they were expecting an answer, they would have paused and waited for the answer. They was just yammering to hear their head rattle. They just run out of things to say, so they decided they'd just start asking questions that they didn't even need answers to. How often do we do that in a place of prayer? We ask the Lord something, and then we don't even give him an opportunity to answer. Are we expecting him to answer? You call somebody and the phone is ringing and then it stops ringing, but you didn't really hear a clear hello or anything. You pause for a second and you say, hello, hey, can you, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, hey, 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 oh, okay, sorry, I didn't hear you answer the phone. I just heard it stop ringing. I'm expecting somebody to answer. But he looked unto them expecting to receive something. Now let me take you back to the beginning of the message. Matthew 7, verse 8. I want to just look at one of these three things. He who seeks, finds. So I want to start out with the promise from Jesus himself. He says, if you start looking for it, I promise you, you're going to find it. If you're looking for it, you're going to find it. Well, I've been looking and I ain't found it. Well, then you probably ain't looking. You're probably doing like my kids do. You know, hey, Daddy, I need such and such. All right, well, it's in there. Go in the laundry room and in that cabinet, open the door. And on that top shelf, there is, you know, some light bulbs and there's some extra plate covers. And then there is this roll of silver duct tape. That's not, not duct tape. That's like, you know, cheap duct tape. But no, like foil duct tape that goes on actual air duct. That's, that's where it is. And that's what you're looking for. Okay, thanks. Shoo, she runs off. 30 seconds later, whoosh, back in. I can't find it. Did you look? Yeah. Huh. Well, Mama must have got it. Let me go look. So I go in there. I open up the door. I look up to the top shelf. There's a box of light bulbs. There's extra plate covers. When I say plate covers, I'm talking about like, you know, plug plates. They're, they're sitting there. And whoa, right there. Exactly where I said is a roll of foil duct tape. I reach up there, I get it, and I hand it to him. Oh, I didn't look up there. All he heard was go in the laundry room. He didn't hear nothing else past that. So he ran in the laundry room, did a 360, and walked out, said he didn't find it. Well, how often do we do that? Oh, God, this is what I need. And the Lord says, well then, and he starts talking. And before he finishes his sentence, we run in the laundry room, do a 360, and we're right back at the altar of God saying, but God, I can't find it. Number one, we never expected him to truly answer because we didn't even stop in time for him to finish answering. Then we didn't hear the word of the Lord, so therefore we couldn't do the word of the Lord because we weren't spending enough time in his presence because we're so busy, he was taking too long to speak. I'm so worried about getting on with the project that I got going on. I need that duct tape. And I was just, all I heard was laundry room. I didn't hear nothing else. And wondering why I can't find it. I missed the fact that it was in a cabinet on the top shelf next to the box of electric plates. It's next to the box of, he even gave you detail you didn't know. You didn't need to know. 
But he's giving you something to help you along the way so you got these things to judge. Okay, I'm getting close because he said this would be close by. If you seek, you shall find. Let me, let me move on here. Because not only does Matthew 7, 8 say, he who seeks, find. Matthew 6 and verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So I don't know what things you're looking for, but I can tell you all of them can be found if we'll seek the kingdom of God and righteousness. The Word of God tells us that what we seek, we shall find. The reason we hadn't found the kingdom of God and the reason we haven't found the righteousness of God is because we're not looking for it. Because the Word says, if I'm seeking it, I'll find it. And the Word says that I ought to seek first the kingdom of God. Let me talk to you for just a second about the kingdom of God in the fire Bible. Many of you I know have one. Look in your study note. And it describes what the kingdom of God is. It says the kingdom of God is God's power and authority over all. The kingdom of God is his purpose and his way of life on earth and in eternity. So what is the kingdom of God? It is God's power and authority over all. It is his purpose and his way of life, not only on this earth, but in all of eternity. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the authority of God. Seek first the knowledge to know that he has power over all things. Seek first his purpose and his way for your life. Seek first the kingdom of God. And got to tie it in there because it's not a Second option, it's a here's two things you got to look for first if you want everything else to be lined up in your life. I prayed a very similar prayer over somebody this morning. They come to me down here with issues and concerns of certain things within their family. And my prayer was, Lord, flood their eyes with light and cause them to know you like never before. Because if they know him, all these other things will be fixed. I don't have to pray for their deliverance. If they get saved, they get delivered. I don't have to pray for their wisdom. If they'd get saved, he'd show them some things. I don't have to pray for their marriage. If they get saved, their marriage would get fixed. See, it's oftentimes we pray for symptoms and we don't pray for the root cause of the disease. And the problem is, is we haven't sought first the kingdom of God, which he is all authoritative. Oh, we don't like that. <laughs> he has power over all things. And so if I truly give him authority and power over all things, I have this legal document of my, for my grandmother, my dad's mom. It's called Power of Attorney. Uh, of, now I want to say it and I can't say it. Power of, Athor what? Power of Attorney. I had it right the first time. Second guess myself. Power of Attorney. That means that I have legal power to sign documents as Virginia Nestor. Williams now. We might be kin now. What are you talking about? Well, that's because she gave me power of attorney. She didn't trust certain people in her life. And she didn't want them to be able to do anything. 
she didn't even trust her own self to make the right decisions. She's got her full mind, will, and emotion. She just signed it over to me because she didn't want to have to fool with it. <laughs> Appreciate that, Nanny. Why are you talking about that? Well, because if we seek first the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is all encompassed of the power that God has over all, is when we seek his kingdom, when we become a part of the kingdom of God, when we make him Lord of our life, then we've given all authority unto him. I no longer have the say-so. He gets to call the shots in my life. He gets to make the plan in my life. He has power and authority over all things, and I'm going to seek first his purpose and his will for my life. Yeah, I have some plan. Yeah, I have some dreams, but it's what he says is what goes. See, the problem is, is we want Jesus to be our Lord and Savior without being our Lord. We want him to be Lord of our life, but we don't want him to tell us what to do. We want him to be king and authority over all. We want him to be the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is the name that is above every name. We want him to be all those things, but don't tell me what to do or how to do it. I'll do it way my way and when I want to do it. Oh, but wait a minute. I do still need your blessings on my life, though. Hold up. No, I do want your provision. I do want your protection. But we're going to cut a special deal, and I'm going to do it my way. You can't find that chapter and verse because it ain't in the Bible. If all these other things in your life seem to be chaotic and out of order, it's probably because the seeking of his kingdom and his righteousness is somewhere out of order. Because I can't honestly say that I've been looking for his kingdom and I've been looking for his righteousness and not found it because he tells me in Matthew 7 verse 8 that if I look for it, I'm going to find it. Well, now you're tripping me up. Well, I'm not tripping you up. I'm making you realize what the Word of God says. Yeah, but my life don't look like that. Well, then we better get to seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. Oh, what? Yeah, well, let me move on. It's getting close to Christmas. So instead of just preaching Acts chapter 3 to you, I figure I better at least make some references to Christmas kind of things. I better show you in the Word of God through even points of the nativity how it's important to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. How it is important that if you are truly looking for it, you will find it. And when you find it, it all does line out. It is added unto you. The problem is you might know all the scriptures in the world. You might speak the best Christianese there is. You may be the best at attending Sunday morning service. You might have been born in the good old Bible belt that you've got all the mindsets and ideologies of a Judeo-Christian. But the problem is you're not seeking his kingdom and you're not seeking his righteousness so your life don't look like what it's supposed to look like. Because I'm going to show you in the nativity where there were people who were doing just that very thing. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26, I want to read you an account of the miraculous conception of Christ our Lord and a beautiful phrase that his mother Mary made. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth 
to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. And he was of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled by his words and, he, and considered in her mind what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said unto her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Listen, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One who will be born will be called the Son of God. Listen, your cousin Elizabeth has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was declared barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary said unto him, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be unto me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. So I want to show you here the positive side of things. You've got this young girl. Culture tells us, history tells us, that she's probably 14, maybe 17, somewhere along in that age group. A young girl. And could you imagine an angel, a heavenly angel, appearing unto you at 14 to 17 years old? You know that you've never been with a man. You are a spouse to a man, but you have, you've been pure and holy and right and done everything you're supposed to do. And this angel appears unto you and says, you're about to have a baby. Huh. Hold on. I might be young, but I'm old enough to know. How that takes place. And that's not possible with me. He says, yeah, but here's the thing. It's of God. It's of God. It's, it's a God thing. It's a, it's a miracle. It is beyond natural comprehension. And hearing these words, she says, I am a servant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. Talking this morning about what do you expect. Can you imagine giving God that blank check? Lord, I'm your servant. Whatever you say goes. She never thought about the ridicule. She never thought about the potential being put away by Joseph. She never thought about the consequences or how crazy it was going to be. She never thought about the straitjacket that they might put her in because she's trying to declare she's pregnant and a virgin at the same time. She never thought about any of those things. She heard the word of God. And she says, I am a servant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. See, I don't 
find it coincident that in Luke chapter 22, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying unto the Father, preparing to go to the cross for you and for I. And he's praying, and he says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. See, yes, he is the Son of God. Yes, he was immaculately conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, he only speaks what he hears the Father saying. Yes, he is in perfect unity, triune Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God manifest in three ways. Yes, these are all true. But I can't help but to think that he was also given a good earthly example through his mother. Because at the age of 14 to 17, she's able to look at an angel that has appeared unto her and say, I am a servant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. So even before Jesus' conception, his earthly mother was saying, Not my will, but thine be done. And now Jesus is here, 33 33 and a half years old in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying, asking the Father. There's a few things I want to point out here in Luke 22 and 42. He says, Father, if you are willing. See, that's giving God authority. That's giving God power. That's saying, Lord, here is my request, but I understand that you are Lord and King over all. It's not my will, but your will to be done. If you are willing. So let me just go ahead and mess up your theology a little bit. Jesus was told no. Jesus was told no. The cup did not pass before him. It was the will of the Father that he had to endure. So when you hear a no, how dare you quit God and get mad because you heard no? Who do you think you are? If Jesus himself heard no and still went to a cross that wasn't his to bear, Wine bags, carry on. <laughs> yeah, I said it. My wife even gave me that look. Uh, how dare we weak, faithless, sorry excuses of a bunch of American Christians who just quit God. Well, I prayed and he didn't answer. Well, maybe the answer was no, you spoiled brat. Keep worshiping him because he's Lord and Savior. He said no, and he has full authority to do so. He's still great and greatly to be praised. He is, what, what do you expect? Uh, we give the government authority to tell us no. Huh? What do you mean? How's the government tell me no? Because I like to drive 90 miles an hour. They tell me no in the form of a $240 speeding ticket. How dare they? You know what I do? I pay the ticket and then I drive 90 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. 
Pray a hedge of protection around me. I had a preacher tell me one time, brother, you know the, your, the angels that's in campus to bet you, they only fly at the speed limit. I said, well, <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> I can't argue with it. <laughs> Something about obey the law of the lands, you know, but anyhow. Oh, y'all don't sin? <laughs> uh, well, how else y'all expect me to get everything done y'all expect me to do? Uh, what do you expect? He's God. He is creator of all. He is all-knowing. His no is just as blessed as his yes. His no is the same provision as the here you go. Because he knows the destruction that may be before us if he said yeah. He knows what our spiritual maturity can handle and can't handle. He knows what freedoms he can give us and can't give us. His knows a blessing just the same. But I want you to think on that. Jesus was told no. And he still did what the Father told him to do. He endured what we won't endure. If it's raining too bad, we don't come to church. If the heat's been too hot for three weeks in a row, we don't come till they get it right. If the air conditioner ain't right, we ain't going to come back till they turn the heat on. Until they get new pews and new chairs, until I got proper lumbar support, I can't come to church. But I can sit on a hard bench and eat Mexican food. I can't come to church and sit because my back hurts, but I can sit in a doctor's office for five hours. Whoa, you meddling. I sure am, and it's the Holy Ghost truth. Huh? <laughs> oh, I miss church so bad, but I'm going to get my oil changed. I'm going to get my car detailed. I'm still going to Brookshire's. I'm still going to Walmart. It's because we'd rather feed our bellies than our soul. Let my belly growl, and I'm looking for a loaf of bread and a gallon of milk. I can be dead spiritually and come up with an excuse not to get in the presence of God. Anyhow, let me carry on. What you expect? <laughs> yeah. I gave you all a good message last week. I'm back with a vengeance today. Hmm. No, I want you to be encouraged because I want you to know the word of the Lord says if you look for it, you're going to find it. And I'm telling you, the Lord says that if we'll seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, that everything else will be added unto us. I understand that there's some things out of order. I understand that there's some struggles in life. I'm telling you, the promise of God is yes and in Christ Jesus. Amen. We can stand on the promise of God and walk sure-footed in those promises. We can know that while the world may let us down, while family might let us down while the job might let us down while the checkbook might be low God is sufficient he's more than able he's a brother that he'll stick close to you a friend that'll stick closer to brother uh, that we're joint heirs with him that he's seated at the right hand of the father ever interceding on our behalf as we sang earlier the work is still finished uh, Glory in hell still knows. But in my spirit, that question was formed, and I've asked it to you already, and I ask it to you again, but do you still know? I was talking before Sunday school. I love how the Lord gives you, you know, good sermon illustrations without playing. 
talking before Sunday school about faith and walking property and things like that. And I won't go into all those details, but I was telling them, I said, you know, in hope when we were getting ready to build the new building, every time I mowed my personal yard, I'd go next door to the field that we were believing to build a church in. There wasn't no church building. There wasn't nothing there. It was a hay meadow. But I mowed that yard every week when I mowed mine. I got out there and I filled holes in every week when I filled holes in my yard. Why? Because by faith, that was a churchyard. And I wasn't going to let the devil let one more thistle grow. I was going to mow and I was going to weed eat and I was going to spray Roundup. And I was going to fill in every hole and I was going to treat it just like a big old church building was sitting there. And it wasn't just that I was just doing that by faith, but every one of those loops and every one of those stripes that I made on that lawnmower, I was declaring the goodness of God and speaking the word of God over that place and praying for the souls that were to come, huh? Might not have had an actual sanctuary there to declare the good news gospel, but I knew that it was the will of God and we were going to do it. Um, And we did it. Glory. Mm. We did it. People got saved. People are still getting saved. People got filled with the Holy Ghost. People are still getting full of the Holy Ghost. People got called to the ministry. They're still surrendering to the ministry. We sent missionaries. They're still sending missionaries. We ain't got nothing to do with it anymore. But the word of God was established and the promise was yes. And it's done. You see, when you invest in the kingdom of God, I promise you it's going to get a return that this world can't bring. Jesus himself, the Son of God, he heard the Father, but he still heard no. He still gave Father room to say no, if you're willing. Now let me talk to you about this seeking and finding business for just a little bit. Matthew 2, verse 2. I wrote it in my notes wrong. It says Luke 2, 2 in my notes. I'm like, eh, that ain't right. Matthew 2, verse 2. Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So these magi, these wise men as we know them, these were most likely physicians and natural science professors, astrologers if you would. They, they studied all things natural. But they knew of a prophecy given in numbers that there was a star that would come out of Jacob, that there was a king of the Jews that would come at some time in history and a special star would appear to announce his birth. And so these wise men, these men of the world, they are looking unto the heavens, waiting to see the announcement. How long have they been looking? These particulars their whole life most likely. And they were trained by somebody that was looking before them. Who was trained by somebody that was looking before them. So generation after generation, these magi have been looking unto the stars of heaven to announce when the king of the Jews was born. They've recognized now this star has appeared. And they followed it to Jerusalem to find the king of the Jews. That they may worship him. You can look on there in the Matthew 2. And it says that they brought all the chief scribes together. And asked 
of this child. Because Herod, he was like, what you talking about? And so all the scribes, the chief priests, so these basically are the men who made up the Sanhedrin, the 70 Senate Council of the religious leader of the Roman Empire. They come together, they search the Word of God that they have, they search their prophecies, their scrolls, and all of their knowledge, and they realize there is a star that shall appear when the king of the Jews are found, when he's born. And they ask, where is this child? And they find out, well, you probably ought to go look in Bethlehem because it is the city of David coming from the tribe of Judah because Judah was given a promise that out of Jacob this, this star would come forth. But out of Judah would be this scepter, this leader, this authority. So here you have it. And I hope I'm painting this picture for you. The wise men, the astrologers, those who were not Israelites, those who were not men of God, they saw the sign that the Son of God, the King of the Jews, had been born. They sought the star, and they found the star. And it led them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's where my mind is in this, talking about seeking and finding. They had to go to the chief priest to find out to go to Bethlehem. Why wasn't the chief priest already in Bethlehem? How is it that the doctors of astrology knew to get to Jerusalem to seek counsel to find the king of the Jews because he had been born because the star had appeared but yet the people of Israel the Jewish people the chosen ones of God they had no clue the star had appeared they had no clue where the king of the Jews the son of God was because they were not looking for him those astrologers knew when the star appeared, because they had been seeking it. The people of God were oblivious because they hadn't been looking for it. Then the astrologers show up and tell them the star has appeared. They go to their Bible, my English translation, <laughs> and they thumb through it. All 70 of the religious leaders, and they say, oh, yeah, that's sure enough, there is a star that's going to appear. Uh-huh. Yeah, right here in Numbers 24. Yeah. Uh-huh. There it is, verse 17. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's there. Uh, well, you probably ought to go over to Bethlehem to start looking there, because that's the city of David. Where Judah, who is the less of these, shall become the leader. Go over there and look. Did you realize the Sanhedrin didn't go with them? Because they're still not looking for him. Do you realize the Sanhedrin is the one who chastised him and nailed him to the cross? Because they still wasn't looking for him. If you seek, you shall find. If you go your whole life and you hadn't found it, you have done a Cooper Wage. You went in the laundry room and you spun around and you showed up and said, didn't find it. You need to pause, hear the voice of God, hear that that in which you're looking for is in the laundry room, in the cabinet, on the top shelf, next to the box 
of outlet cover plates. If you are seeking, you're going to find it. Even the world is subject to this spiritual law. So what? These magi had no promise of God. They were Gentiles. But yet they are the ones who find the Messiah. Worshiping him, offering him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let me take it a step further. These Gentiles who are not in relationship with God, who have no promise of God, not only found the Messiah, not only worshipped the Messiah, not only brought offerings to the Messiah, but were warned in a vision not to go back and tell Herod but to go a different way to return home. They even had an angelic visitation from God on high. Why? Because they may not have been Jews and they may not have had a promise from the Lord, but they were seeking and they found. So this morning, just as the man who was lame at the gate, beautiful, begging alms and looked Unto Peter and John expecting to receive something. He was looking for something. He didn't know exactly what he was getting, but he knew he was about to get something. He was hoping for a dollar or two when he received his lifelong blessing. I'm telling you this morning that if we are truly seeking him, we will find him. If we are truly seeking freedom, we will find it. If we are seeking deliverance, we'll find it. If we'll seek healing, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm going to go there. If we'll seek healing, we'll find it. I'm not going to try to meddle too much because this is the pot calling the kettle black. But the answer to our Blood pressure problem might be to lose 40 pounds. The problem to our diabetes might be to change our diet. The problems to our hurting knees and swollen ankles might be to reduce sodium and lose a few pounds. If we would attend to our body in the first place like God commanded us to, Then when we had killed our filtration system in our body and all the poison built up in our eyes and everything else. Well, that sounds awfully hard. That's some of that seeking and finding. That's some of that listening to the whole sentence. Not just the first part that we want. Now, I didn't say that that's the case in every situation. I just said, I think there's a lot of those cases that, that could be the truth. We ask God to bless our finances, but we still smoke, drink, and go to McDonald's. Huh? 
Well, gosh, it's quiet in here all of a sudden. Huh? Well, <laughs> worship team, y'all better come back so I can close this thing out. And so the word of the Lord says that if you seek, you'll find. And the word of the Lord is, is if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things will be added unto you. So the question of the Lord is this morning is, what are you expecting? Are you truly finding yourself in his presence, expecting to hear a word from the Lord? And if you are, are you listening to him? Are you going to give him room to finish the whole statement or are you going to just run to the laundry room real quick and forget about the cabinet and the top shelf and the roll of duct tape that's sitting next to the box of... Now y'all know what's in my cabinet and my laundry room. What do you expect? Do we expect in receiving the knowledge from the Lord when we ask and pray now let me carry it a step further in the expectations are you actually going to do what he tells you to do I told my kids a few days ago a few weeks ago rather that I wasn't yelling across the house no more that if they wanted me they better come to me and look me in the face. Don't be hollering daddy from the other end of the hallway. So what do you do? I let them holler daddy from the other end of the hallway. I never respond and I keep sitting in my chair. And finally they get frustrated and they come running into the den. I've been hollering at you for 10 minutes from the other end of the house and I told you you better come look me in the eye if you want to talk to me. think we've been standing at the other end of the house yelling at the father when he's saying if you need me I'm over here draw near unto me James 4 8 draw near unto the father and he, he, he will draw near to you so you sure have given us a lot of scripture from all over the word of God today well because it's the central truth that if you'll find the presence of God if you'll expect him to move on your behalf and you'll listen to what he's saying. And then let me give you another scripture. James 1 and 22 says, Don't just hear the word, but do it also. For if you hear it and don't do it, you've deceived yourself. What do you expect this morning? I believe the Spirit of God is saying whatever it is you're expecting, He's willing to move on your behalf, but give Him permission to blow your mind. I think in our finite understanding and limited faith that we come before Him begging for a few dollars. But if we just look unto Him expecting to receive, He might just say, in the name of Jesus from Nazareth, rise up and walk.
You think a dollar or two is what you need. But I'm telling you, I'll make a way that for the rest of your life, provision can be had. You might think that deliverance from drug or alcohol or other varieties of sin is what you need when he's saying, if you'll seek my righteousness, I'll change your identity and I'll fix all those things. You might think that it's a husband or a wife, a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you're needing to fill a void in your life when the Father says, I'll fill you with the Holy Ghost and I'll give you a comfort that you never know. And I'll set you on track to find the person of your dreams that will go with you the distance and bringing me the glory and the honor. What do you expect? I'm telling you, the Lord says today that if you're seeking, you're going to find it. But what are you expecting? And are you willing to say, I'm your servant, Lord. Be it done unto me according to your word. Not my will, but your will be done. Thank you so much again for taking time to listen to a message from the sanctuary of Cornerstone Assemblies of God. We do this through the help of our listeners and friends in the community. If you would like to donate to our broadcast, you can go to cornerstoneatlanta.tv and give as the Lord would lead you. But again, I, Pastor Richard Wade of Cornerstone Assemblies of God, just say thank you for taking time, and I pray the Lord make this real to you today.